Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, December 18th. It's our last week of the show before 2024. And what a what a year it's been. What a year it's been. You know, last night I was out to dinner with some friends celebrating my kids' performance. I'll talk about that in just a second. And I was saying how I was going out of town on Friday for a week. And then, you know, it's the last week before Christmas break. And I was like, I mean, before the new year. And I'm like, maybe I'll come in and pop in with an episode here and there. And he suggested actually to do a, uh, to do a, what's it called? Uh, like a best of, a best of daily dose of Donna for the holiday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that actually takes some work, but maybe I should, maybe I should get into some sort of you know, go through some of my favorite Sobbing Robin moments, some of my favorite Heather McDonald and Jeff Lewis feud moments, some of my Justin Martindale. I know you guys love to talk about that. Of course, we talked so much about Kyle and Morgan Wade through the year. We talked about Mauricio. We're actually going to bring up both of them today. Um, so much to talk about this year. I mean, really, Scandaval. Scandaval is really what got us going. So, if I have some extra time this week, maybe I'll do an editing of our best of moments. How were, how was your weekend, everyone? How was your weekend? Um, I had such a nice weekend. I It was so full, so full, that I don't feel like I had any moment to chill. But Friday night, we did our Patreon Zoom happy hour, the last one of the year. So many great people joined us. Uh, that is going to happen again once a month and maybe even some other stuff going on. I was talking to Lance about how I can even better that upper tier. So there's going to be some fun stuff coming on that upper tier of Patreon. So it was great to see all you guys by face or at least hear you guys and chat with you in the Zoom comments. Lance joined for that one. We had a great conversation about, um, gosh, we talked about everything. So I'm going to keep it under wraps. We don't record it for a reason, you know? Then Lance and I went out to a lovely dinner Friday night and got foot massages. Have you ever gotten a foot massage? Like not just a foot massage here in LA. I'm sure they do it everywhere like this, but they lay you on a bed. You don't get like fully undressed because you're in a public space with many other people, but they lay you on a bed. They give you a little massage and then they end with your feet like in water and then they really massage your feet. And there's something, you guys, there's something about a foot massage that makes me a narcoleptic. Have you ever had that? The second anyone massages my feet, and by anyone, I mean like a masseuse or Lance, I pass out. Cannot stay up. Cannot stay up. So that was my Friday. And then, of course, yesterday or Saturday was a holiday party, Lance's holiday party for his business. Oh, I had a really interesting um, conversation with Lance's business partner's wife. It was at their house. And she is a casting director, a reality TV casting director. And she cast Trader season one in addition to many other things. But she, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because in January, she goes to the Creative Arts Emmys because she was nominated for an Emmy for Trader season one, which I think is so cute, so cool, so um, not cute, just awesome. It's like a really cool thing to be nominated for an Emmy. I can't even imagine. I mean, how amazing is that? So Trader season one, she cast all the normies. Remember how we talked about Trader season one versus Trader season two? Season two is all reality stars. So that was different. They didn't need casting directors. They just put out offers. But she cast all the normies in season one of Traders. She also did Squid Games, the challenge. She did the entire first season of Squid Games, the challenge. She did, she's, she just came home from Atlanta. She was working on the circle for six weeks. She's done, she did the first two seasons of Love is Blind. Like she works on so many reality shows. So if you guys have any questions about casting, maybe I'll get her to be a guest on one of these episodes. Um, 
reality casting is such a different world than scripted casting. So when you guys asked me about reality casting, I couldn't tell you anything. I, I just assume you're looking for someone with a really super dynamic personality, someone that has like a very big story and is able to really express themselves emotionally. But then I always want to go back to season five of Love is Blind that we just wrapped. And I think his name was JP. I can't remember now. Was it JP and Taylor when he became a mute on camera? Like he was talkative and friendly and nice behind the, in the pod. And then he went on the um, Mexico trip. Like he got engaged, went on the Mexico trip and he sh couldn't talk. He didn't speak. Like he became a mute. And I'm thinking, how did he pass reality casting? Now she didn't cast that season, but I'd be very interested to know how that happened. Anyway, it was really nice to hang out with all of Lance's employees and chat with them. And then yesterday, a lot of you saw on my Instagram that Dylan, my son, was in a musical performance of Matilda. He played Mrs. Trunch or Miss Trunchbull. She's not married. I found that out yesterday. Miss Trunchbull in uh, Matilda. And she is, um, and she is, or he was amazing as Miss Trunchbull. They had two performances back to back. It's a like a nice children's theater here in Los Angeles. And I was just so impressed. I was so anxious. Those parents out there will understand this. I feel the same for Oliver when he plays baseball and for like a really important game, the anxiety, the excitement, the nerves. And then I was so impressed when he was done and he just like managed it like a boss. Um, and then... We went out to celebrate and then we drove around Pasadena, actually, a beautiful area in Pasadena and saw Christmas lights. It was a perfect rounded weekend that gave us no downtime whatsoever. Oh, I did a cold plunge. You guys saw that on Instagram too. I did my first cold plunge and it was really um, intense and I was supposed to do it again today and then I forgot and got showered. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, you guys, I have to show you a couple of fun things. So whoops. So I have posted about this on my Instagram and I brought it to happy hour. And in honor of last night being the fourth part of the Sister Wives Tell All, although Sister Wives is not even close to being over, I just found out. This is my Sovereign Robin mug available. This is merch, dailydosepod.com slash store. The link is below. You can buy all kinds of merch. I have this. I have absolutely shirts. I have sweaters. I have in my Bravo era hats. I have don't be a Sabin Robin shirt. I have daily doser. So if you guys are interested in purchasing yourself a fun holiday gift or a new year's gift and you want to support the show, I mean, come on, is there anything better? Now I want to, I want to shout out the um, company that did my merch. They're called go to market. And they sent me a gift and I thought it was so cute because I got, I opened it and it's this really cute sparkly, you know, um, what are they called? Like water cups or whatever. And it says Donna in like a, a nice cursive, but then they also put a Robin, they put a sobbing Robin. Now, if it was a true sobbing Robin, we wouldn't actually have tears because we already know this about sobbing Robin. Like the tears don't actually come out. But the markers are really what's going on there. It's really good. So I want you guys uh, to get in there. Danielle, uh, Danielle, Gossip by Danny. I think that's your uh, Instagram username. She said, I had my husband place a merch order this weekend for me for Christmas. That's all I want is Bravo merch. Your designs are fire. Thank you so much. It was so fun to create. And yes, if you don't want to buy anyone some like a specific daily dose, something because I always think, you know, you have to be a doser to really understand like some of these inside jokes. But there, if you have any friends that are just Bravo fans or if they're a Taylor Swift and Bravo fan, there's hats that say in my Bravo era. I mean, you can't get better than that, right? Like in my Bravo, we are in our Bravo era. I mean, I'm also in a TLC era, but whatever. Thank you so much, Danielle. And for everyone else, I appreciate you guys. Okay. Let's get into the show. We have so much to talk about. So I will be talking about the final the final four-part tell-all episode of Sister Wives in just a bit. And I'll cover Real House as a Potomac just briefly because what I notice about Potomac is while it's a good show, it's not... We're on the struggle train. Are you finding that we're on the struggle train of um, Potomac this season? I, I could be alone, but we'll get into that. But first, let's cover... Um, a couple other things. Number one, who has started Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Legacy? I um, 
have to admit, I only watched one episode because of my full week and I wasn't able to watch all three. I think three have been released, but I am loving the bejesus out of it. I think it's so, so entertaining. It's so pretty. Like the way that they shoot those ultimate girls trips, I don't know what it is that they're doing differently than a Bravo show. And tell me if I'm wrong, if it feels different than a Bravo show, but it's just so pretty. It's done like the cinematography of it, the shooting, the, the lighting, the music, like the, of course, where they are is just stunning. So I'm only going to talk about really briefly a couple of takeaways from episode one. And I understand that things get a little kookadoodle later on, but right now I'll just talk about episode one and I'll watch it through the, through the week. But all I can say is this, without a doubt, these women are phenomenal looking, right? Like no question. I have Ramona looking like insane. Like if you look at her body in a bathing suit at her age, and then you go back and watch like older episodes of Real Housewives when she was always fit, like Ramona was a fit woman forever, but her body is sick right now. She looks just, just so like snatched. Same with Luann. Those two look phenomenal. Dorinda looks nice. She looks good actually, but she doesn't look so different to me. I mean, she's definitely a little bit more tightened, but she looks, she looks good. Sonia guys, I'm a little concerned about Sonia. I love Sonia so much, but she's not looking so healthy. If you know what I mean, she just looks a little bit tired and actually without getting into details or like specifics, I did have a doser reach out to me. And if you're listening, I know you're listening. Let me know to like over DM tonight or whatever, if I can share the whole story. But this doser, she was at an event where Sonia was and she got to hang out and meet Sonia behind. And it was like on a Monday night or something. And I was told by this person that Sonia was drinking tequila like water on another level unhinged, like on another level unhinged. It makes me a little concerned considering we've seen Sonia run the gamut of like over partying. And it's one thing if like you're being on your, you're on your show and you're like, I have to put it on for the show. You know, like I have to do my real housewives Sonia thing. But to know that she's doing that when she's not on camera at an event where she's making an appearance, it makes me a little concerned about Sonia's health. Without judgment, I just want her to be happy and healthy. Now, Um, Kristen Takeman is gorgeous. Now, don't tell me I'm wrong. I mean, don't tell me I'm like, uh, so off base here, right? Don't you guys all feel like she really has not aged in so many years, but she doesn't even look like super fake or anything. She looks gorgeous. I did get to meet her at Jeff Lewis's event a couple weeks ago. So in person also, she was just kind and sweet and very, um, very beautiful. And I've only seen episode one, so I do know that there's some stuff that goes down with Kelly. But in episode one, Kelly Ben Simone comes off fine, kind of a little bit sad, to be honest. Like, didn't you find the conversation that she had where she feels like she's not fun or she doesn't bring fun to a party, et cetera? I found that really kind of depressing and sad. She does seem a little bit like she is on um, a different, like, wavelength than the rest. She looks great. I found a couple of things interesting. Dorinda and the pause conversation. Let's talk about it for just a quick second. Why is Dorinda so sensitive about this conversation? Why? Let's like run through the, like the, the possibilities. Okay. I want to know from you guys why Dorinda cannot hear the word pause or fired or whatever. Like, or she can hear that she's on pause, but she can't hear the fact that she was let go from the show. The show no longer is a show. Real Housewives of New York is no longer. This is the show. What we're watching right now of Legacy, Girl Strip, that's the new show. Roni is gone. So, All of them technically were fired. When a show gets canceled, a show gets canceled. But for whatever reason, Dorinda cannot, cannot have this conversation. She's so personally affected by the idea that she was let go. 
And she technically was let go. Like, just like Tamara was let go. Just like Taylor Armstrong was like, I mean, like, this is just what happened. It it just goes to show that her, Dorinda's identity is so wrapped up in the show. And she cannot, she cannot, like, get through it without, she can't handle not being known as, like, the best of the best, right? There's, like, a little element of that. Sonia was very clear, right? In the first episode, she's like, I'm on OnlyFans. I need all the money I can get. I'm here for money. I'm not a good friend. I don't text you back. I won't call you back. I'm just basically following the money. Luann actually, I think, came off great in the show. She seems very centered, very grounded, very pretty, very uh, healthy, even though she did have a couple drinks. Did you notice that? And I thought that she was, you know, the fact that she said, like, I can drink on special occasions. And she didn't, from what I saw, didn't get over the top or anything. She seems totally fine. So we'll have to see what's going on and where that goes. I loved Kristen Takeman standing up to Dorinda. I thought that was like, it took balls, but I love that she did that. And I'm very into it. And I'm really looking forward to catching up on it. I, I feel like I'm hanging out with old friends. It feels like just feels like the best bite of dessert. You know what I mean? The best bite of dessert. Um, So I'm into girls trip. Okay, let's get into some other relationship news. You guys, this is going to... It's going to make some of you guys feel a little gross, okay? It's going to make some of you guys feel a little bit dirty. And her name is Alexis Bellino. So obviously, we've talked about Alexis now for a few weeks. Alexis Bellino has just really crashed onto the scene, no pun intended, because of Shannon's crash. But the night of Shannon's DUI, when she hit the building... She was apparently at the quiet women woman. Of course she was. And while she was there, hammered, allegedly, according to Alexis Bellino, Alexis was there on the other side of the bar and said, even way before the John Jansen of it all came up, that, uh, that Shannon was yelling at Alexis, yelling ex- expletives, yelling whatever. Then what we know from the story is that Shannon went back to John Jansen's house, got in some sort of argument, got in the car, and drove under the influence home. A couple weeks later, Shannon kind of goes quiet. First, she's being seen with John Jansen in the week after the the crash. And then she goes quiet. And then all of a sudden, we start to notice just a few weeks ago that John Jansen and Alexis are spotted together at the quiet woman or somewhere else similar to that. I think it was a quiet woman. Very, very uh, touchy feely in a booth. And so they were just saying, we're just friends. We're just friends. And then all of a sudden it's more than just friends. They're seen on dates. They're hanging out. And this weekend they had a hard launch in Balboa Island, there is a very, I'm pretty sure it's like Newport Balboa Island because a girlfriend of mine went on Wednesday. They go like Wednesday through the weekend on the second weekend, I believe it is, of December. It's usually the second weekend. They do a, uh, like a boat lights parade, right? Like a boat parade. And so they did that. And, um, you know, we know John Jansen has a boat. We know he's out there. And there was a video that Bravo and Cocktails got. So I don't know who gave it to Bravo and Cocktails, but they were able to get it first of Alexis Bellino kissing John Jansen in a PDA packed video. They're standing in the boat and they started kissing and people are like, you know, woo in the background. Um, Bellino, it says, didn't share any photos of her new bow, but she did post several Instagram stories of the excursion, which featured plenty of cocktails and dancing. Well, of course, you you can't hang out with John Jansen without cocktails. Like John Jansen is a major, major drinker. Is from what I'm getting, from what I'm seeing, there's like a lot going on there. Oh, I got a lot of DMs and a lot of text messages from people who have either met John Jansen before hung out with Alexis Bellino before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not one person that knows them in real life thinks that this is a good idea. A lot of people actually said we've like 
just knowing John, have having spent time with John, got a bad feeling from him. He's shady. Something's up. A lot of people think Alexis is doing this for the wrong reason. Like it doesn't bode well. And if you are Alexis's girlfriends, you're going to say, hey, John Jansen connected to Shannon and her life fell apart. So is this really who you want to be connected to? Is this really who you want to still be doing, uh, you know, business with? I do. I don't find it in any way a good idea. I find it actually the opposite. I find it a very bad idea. But, you know, what can you do? Alexis wants to be with him. She's going to have to make those decisions. Now, remember, I did get some tea on OC hearing that Jesus Jugs is, that's her name, is just a friend of. She's just a friend of, and she is not currently a full-time housewife, but Shannon is. Shannon is very, very nervous that this upcoming season of Real Housewives is going to be centered on this story, which if it is, like, let me just ex-nay from watching the show right now. John gives me the ick. He gives me, uh, you know, a bad vibe anyway, and I'm not interested in watching him hook up with a girl that I don't care for. So I don't like Alexis. I don't like John. And if Shannon is actually trying to like fix her life, which I don't know, we've heard various things. But if she is, this is just like, if I were Shannon, I would say like, I can't do the show because my health and my safety and my like life, my, you know, mental and emotional state is more important than this paycheck. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Manette says John has arrested development. He still thinks he's at USC partying. You're not wrong. And how many people right now do you notice are like that right now? Like in this entertainment landscape, like I just can't get over like the Shep of the world, right? He is a Shep. He is the Shep of OC. Just like gross, gross. Has some money and just drinks all day and just like, uses women that have a little bit of following, right? Weird, weird. There's a lot of other people in the OC. Find it very odd to see them kissing. It almost feels like a mother and son. I mean, a father and daughter. Like, I don't know. It's odd. It's odd. Okay. Um, does she have beer goggles on? Probably wine goggles or tequila goggles, for sure. Not for me. Another interesting new little hangout we saw last night in Aspen was Mauricio. Mauricio Umansky was spotted in Aspen. You know Aspen is is Mauricio's um Aspen is Marie is Mauricio and Kyle's like love getaways. We know that they have a house up there. We've seen it on the show before. We know that Mauricio I mean Kyle and Morgan have been spotted in Aspen before. We know that Mauricio is now in Aspen and was seen with an influencer named Alexandria Wolf. She's 33 years old. She's gorgeous. She looks like Kendall Jenner, in my opinion, if you look at her pictures. Um, And she was with him on Sunday for a night on the town. Interestingly, she is not in heels. She's walking barefoot down the sidewalk, like in socks, holding her heels in her hands in this picture. Um, The picture itself, doesn't look like romantic, but why would you be alone with a woman when you're single and she's single? Feels a little bit like maybe it's a little date night. This is a picture of her. Let me pull it up really fast for you guys just so you see. Like I said, I think she's very pretty. I think she's, she looks really, this thing keeps loading differently. Okay. Uh, I'll give it some time. Um, She looks very pretty. She looks very young listen, let him eat cake, right? Let them eat cake. Let them both do whatever they want to do. This is her. I'm going to zoom in for you guys. She's very pretty. She looks young. She's 33. So we shall see what happens with Mauricio. Now, meanwhile, Kyle Richards was in Virginia with Morgan Wade producing her documentary. So We do know that they are producing a documentary in addition to having some sort of relationship, whether it's friends or more. Okay. Um, 
Virginia is where Morgan is from. She was on stage. It seemed like a pretty intimate concert, and Kyle was spotted with camera crews that aren't Beverly Hills related. They are, because we know Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is not in production right now. Um, they are documentary cameras. And I have to be honest, a lot of you guys are, um, a lot of you guys are big Morgan Wade fans. And in my Facebook group, a lot of you guys are posting some clips and stuff of her. And Ray posted a clip of her on some YouTube show talking about her life and sobriety and everything. And I watched a portion of it and actually like Morgan Wade is growing on me, y'all. There is a, there is a likability there that I didn't see before. And now I'm seeing it. And maybe I get it. Maybe I get it. And maybe I'm going to get five tattoos. And maybe, just maybe, I'm going to cut my nails short, which I did over the weekend, but not because of Kyle Richards, just because I had a broken nail. And maybe I'm going to find a 28-year-old tattooed woman. And I'm going to make her love me. You never know. So Mauricio and Kyle are living their lives, you guys. They're moving on. They're living their lives. I don't know what that means for Mauricio and Emma um, from, you know, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Maybe that was just like a casual thing while they were on set. You know, we all had those camp romances. We've all had those summertime camp romances. Maybe this was just a Dancing with the Stars romance. I know Emma's going to be off and touring and doing her thing with the dancers. And Mauricio is going to be promoting his next season of Buying Beverly Hills. It's going to be a busy time. Who knows if that relationship is actually going to last or just was a little bit here and there. It will be fun um, to watch. It will be fun to watch. What do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about Brandy Glanville for just a moment, Tito? I don't like to talk about Brandy Glanville, but I will. Brandy Glanville, she is, listen, a lot of you guys are team Brandy on this story. So Brandy Glanville, obviously, she was a real housewife at Beverly Hills. She was on it for a few seasons. She was a wild one, very wild. She drinks a lot, you know, no filter whatsoever, says whatever's on her mind. She was the one that like playfully in her mind slapped Lisa Vanderpump. It didn't work out very well for her. So she's lost friendships with a lot of people for saying the wrong thing. She always goes just a little bit too far. She went on girls trip, ultimate girls trip with Tamara, the season with Tamara when they went to the Berkshires, Berkshires, Berkshires. And they actually did have a little bit of a good rapport. They became friends while she was there. And, um, and you know, it worked, their friendship worked out. So in the meantime, Brandy went to go shoot an ultimate girls trip also over at, uh, What's it called? At um, I can't remember where they went with Caroline. Where did they go, you guys, with Caroline? I'll find the article and it will come up. Um, and we've talked about this multiple times, so I don't need to go into it like detailed, but basically in this, you know, production season, at some point early in the show, they were all drinking heavily, apparently. And according to Caroline, she felt that Brandy was pushing herself onto her, trying to kiss her, trying to touch her, et cetera. And Caroline, you know, tried to get out of it. This is Caroline's story. And she quit the show. They ended up terminating Brandy from the show as well. And most likely will probably never see the show again. Um, Morocco. Thank you. It is Morocco. That's right. So over the weekend, Brandy Glanville comes out and basically says that she claimed Bravo tried to encourage her and co-stars to drink alcohol while filming season five of The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip in Morocco. Okay, this is Bethany's wet dream. Bethany is so excited to hear this. She's dying over it. She wants to, you know, shout it to the rooftops because what Brandy does produce is somewhat of a receipt where she is showing a text message. It's a screenshot from a Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip producer. I wish we knew the name that basically says from the producer to Brandy on Tuesday, January 24th, which is when they were in Morocco, saying you, Vicky and Eva 
should pull Phaedra aside to talk about your drinking game set up for today while at the spice market. Um, okay. So essentially this, this producer was like, you should pull them aside and talk about your drinking game. That to me does not in any way show that the producers told her to drink. It shows to me that there was obviously a little bit more of a drinking game set up for whatever reason. And Brandy was behind it and wanted to like plan it. I have no specific idea what, what this like, like this is not saying I want you to pull them aside and get them drunk. I think it's more about like, let's bring up the drinking game to set up the scene for later because there was some sort of a drinking game. She said, producers may not shove the alcohol down our throats, but they sure do encourage it even in Morocco during the day where it's illegal to drink. Guys, I don't think it's illegal to drink in Morocco. Is it illegal to drink? Hey, Siri. Is it illegal to drink in Morocco? The general act of consuming alcohol in Morocco is not illegal. So I don't know why, maybe there's like certain places or certain areas or certain times that you cannot be drinking alcohol, but I don't know specifically why she's doing this blanket statement that you can't. Um, then she says, I am completely innocent. The producers ask you to do something and then you get in trouble for it. The producers need to follow the rules because she claimed in another tweet that it's completely illegal to walk around a spice market and the shopping areas in Morocco with, and with water bottles filled with vodka. So I don't understand, like I'm missing something. Maybe you guys are missing. Maybe I'm, maybe you guys have more information than me, but the text basically says, Pull them aside and talk about the drinking game that you have set up later. I don't know specifically what she's talking about with the vodka and the water bottles. It's confusing to me. A lot of people says that they're wrong, that there's designated places that you are allowed to drink. Um, then she talks about the fact that her butler in Morocco was told to flirt with her specifically. I asked him if he had a girlfriend. He said yes, and I told him not to do it, and I did not participate. He was lovely. I didn't want his life ruined. So basically, she's also claiming that the producers told the butler, flirt with Brandy. Um, she specifically mentioned this butler after a different butler, I think his name was Marco, who served the season two Girls Trip cast, sued Bravo earlier this year in in. October. So when they were in the Berkshires, the butler named Marco Vega claimed he was sexually abused during a wild party at Dorinda Medley's Massachusetts mansion in September 21. She blamed the producers at the time of the lawsuit and has continued to profess her innocence by writing that she is not going down and these producers need to be held accountable. She said, and even though I may like some of these producers, I'm not taking them off for them. I'm not taking them off for them. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's time to fight back. The truth always comes out. I am completely innocent. The producers ask you to do something and then you get in trouble for it. Glamville has since vehemently denied any wrongdoing. And she thinks she's being completely set up, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. It's giving a little bit of Leah... McSweeney. Tell me I'm wrong. A lot of you guys really like Brandy, so I don't want to go against what a lot of you guys feel, but I'm just saying from my personal experience with just knowing who Brandy is, it's giving a little acting horrible, acting horrible, acting horrible, and then being like, sorry, guys, it wasn't my fault. I got pushed into it. Take accountability. Take responsibility. And admit that you acted a certain way. And yes, producers are trying to produce a show. If you think in any possibility that producers are not trying to produce shows and experiences, but that text does not prove to me anything crazy. I don't get it. It just says, pull them aside to tell them about a drinking game that you have set up later. So I'm missing a piece of the story or Brandy's not telling us a piece of the story because it's all very confusing to me. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Real Houses of Potomac. 
once again gave us a shitty episode. Nothing too special. We're still on Robin and Juan, the worst couple in the history. Maybe not the worst. There's others. But John Jansen and Shannon. But it's really, honestly, not for me. It's like, and I'm sad because I just got really into Potomac because of you guys telling me that I had to get back into it. So I watched last season and it was so good. And now this season, I'm just finding myself being a little bit bored. I will tell you this. I can watch Karen Huger from here until forever. Like I am obsessed with Karen Huger. I love the Grand Dom. I love everything that she can bring to the show. I love Giselle's energy. I think she's great. And you guys know, I said it already. I'm a big fan of Candace. I understand this episode was a little problematic with her crying the entire time, but, it, but the entire episode was centered around Robin and Robin and Juan this episode again, again. At the end of last episode, Robin was hysterically crying because she thinks that something she said would possibly have gotten him fired from his job. No, Robin, Juan got fired from his job because of Juan. Juan is going to try to blame things on you, but this is a Juan problem. They go to some sort of chicken event, some chicken bar. It seemed like such a shtick. It seemed real in the middle of the day, all these day drinking, like old people at this bar, this dive bar, like, couldn't they go anywhere a little nicer? Haven't we seen enough? I mean, they've been on a canoe. They're doing all these like random ass activities. Anyway, they go to this bar. Robin spends the entire time crying, then gets out of the bar. Candace starts hysterically crying because she feels bad for Robin, even though she kind of had something to do with this, you know, the triggering of the crying. Half the group is out there looking for Robin. Half the group is inside drinking with chickens. What? They didn't even go out that night. We didn't see a night. Then they went on some sort of boat the next day. Um, one group is talking about Robin and the other group is talking about Robin. It's like enough. It's enough. And then the last scene of the show is Robin basically talking to Juan on her phone, telling him, recapping essentially what just happened the night before, talking about Juan and he loses his shit on her on the phone, yells at her, yells and says like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? It's our life. Stop getting yourself involved. Stop getting so emotional. She's like, I, he yeah, cuts her up, cuts her off, eh, cuts her off. Mm, pass, pass. I want to laugh. And Potomac used to make me laugh. Not really laughing. The only good news about this episode is that we didn't see a lot of Nyeka because Nyeka gives me absolutely nothing on the show. I'm really not a Nyeka. I'm not a Nyeka fan. Um, but I know why you guys are here and it has something to do with this. It has something to do with this and this and a head full of hair. Let's get into Sister Wives. Sister Wives. Part Four of the tell-all has finally arrived. And when I tell you, I feel like I'm just at the 26-mile marker. I'm at the 26-mile marker of the 26.2-mile marathon. And then I find out that we're not over because next week they're taking a look back at Sister Wives. We're never going to be done with this show. Sister Wives has given us so much this season. And in this four part, fourth of the four part tell all, we finally get to meet Christine's love of her life. He's the love of my life. He's the love of my life. I'm engaged. He's I'm engaged. He's the love of my life. David Woolley. Well, I will be honest with you, David Woolley. What a sweet guy. If he, if Gary, if AI Gary didn't get hired for The Bachelor, David Woolley would have. What a, what a nice guy. His wife died. He's got eight kids. He's got 475 grandkids. He's bald. He's got tattoos, motorcycle. I mean, Christine really, she AI'd the shit out of David. She basically went to chat GPT and she said, can you please get me a man that has a bald head and has a motorcycle and tattoos? And then poof, David arrived. Maybe Christine spotted David on some sort of dating website and was like, that's the one. That's the one I'm going after him. Now, he gets introduced. They have this really cute little dynamic. Suki's asking him all, kind of question, all kinds of questions. And essentially what it sounds like is they met online. He does know that she's famous. He does know that she's from Sister Wives. Makes me a little concerned. 
what man knows about a woman on Sister Wives at that age? Like, Lance could not pick out Christine, Janelle, or Robin in a lineup, ever. But maybe he was watching him. He goes out with her. They have a fantastic night. They really like each other. He likes that she's quirky. He likes that she's bubbly. He likes that she's a little bit, you know, off the wall. He said she's great at everything. You guys, they're in love. To have a love like David and Christine is a love that we all want, right? He can he can see no wrong. He loves everything about her. He did mention that she was a little clueless at times, which made me a little concerned. Does he call her stupid? But it seemed like they had a really nice little relationship. She was like bubbly and happy. He was bubbly and happy. They were so excited to get married. I love that he has grandkids and a family. I love that she has her family and they all support each other. It sounds like they're planning their wedding. He really, they enjoy each other. She got a tattoo. You guys call Kyle Richards. Christine also got a tattoo. This is what happens when you end your relationship and start a new one. You get tattoos. She got a tattoo on her chest right here. It's a Celtic Celtic tattoo that says, uh, new beginnings in like some sort of beautiful art. You got one too. You guys, they're riding off into the sunset. And we saw a preview for their wedding special, which is going to come up in a couple weeks. Don't know specifically when. And after seeing the preview, I will watch it. I, I changed my mind. At first I was like, no interest. Now I'm watching it. Because, because we got a Cody Robin interview and a Mary interview. The shunned ones. So Mary's not invited to the wedding. Mary and Christine have zero relationship. They freaking hate each other. Of course, Robin and Cody are not invited to the wedding. But Janelle, of course, will be there. Of course, right? A couple other things that came out of this episode. Cody hates Christine more than anyone in the world. He used to hate her. He hates her even more now when they, whenever they filmed this. And the craziest part about it is that he is projecting because he is convinced that Christine hates him. The amount of times he said in this one hour special, I think Christine needs to get over her anger for me. Christine is so angry with me. David hates me. They hate me. They're talking. Suki kept have to, having to say, no, 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 no. No, that's not, no, that's not happening. No, actually they like you. No, you're good. No, you guys are fine. No, you guys are. David didn't say anything bad about you. Christine seems like she's moved on. And Cody's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really hope so. Because it does seem like she really hates me. She's so obsessed with me. Why are you so obsessed with me, Christine? Actually, Cody, no, you're obsessed with Christine. Obsessed with it. He can't stop talking about it. He said, I'll get over it when she finally tells those kids what a good human being I am because she knows that I'm a good man. Guys, just warning you, just like reminding you. And Cody, if you're watching this, I really hope you are. Just going to remind you something. Christine doesn't need to say a damn word to your kids for them to know what an asshole you are because they have TLC. They have TLC. They can watch it. They can see with their own eyes what a dick you are. All right? So nothing you think Christine is doing is actually true. You're doing it. I can't stand people like Cody, y'all. I can't. The whole world hates Cody and all Cody's trying to do is the right thing. He's the ultimate victim. He's the kind of person that's posting on their Instagram stories, on his Instagram stories, like motivational quotes about being hurt. Like bland or like vague motivational quotes about like when your whole life People turn on you and all you're trying to do is be the right person. I'm convinced those quotes are literally written and made for people, for narcissists and for victim behavior people. It's awful. It's insane. And Robin fits right into that because in this episode, we did see a little bit of Robin where two things. Suki asked Robin, Robin, how do you feel about, you know, being alone with Cody now? Like, it seems to me now that you're going to be alone with Cody. How are we feeling about that? And Robin says,
I feel like I am betraying them. I'm betraying them. Suki goes, what do you mean betraying who? I'm betraying my sister wives. To admit that I'm going to be alone with Cody would be a betrayal. To admit that I was happy with Cody would be a betrayal. Suki goes, Robin. They're, they're fine with you being, they, sh- they, they want you to be with Cody. They know a hundred percent that you and Cody have something that they don't have with Cody. They don't want to be with Cody. They're good. And Robin goes, I need to hear it from them. I need to hear it from them. I just don't. I've never heard it from them off camera. So Suki goes, you need to hear it from them off camera for you to have, you know, peace with being with Cody. Yes, because they say it on camera, but I've never seen it off. (laughs) I just need them to be happy for me and Cody so I don't feel like I'm betraying them. Christina's remarried. Janelle is off you know, in beanbag heaven somewhere else, dreaming about Jason Momoa. And Mary is hanging out with Morgan Wade and Kyle Richards. You can't tell me I'm wrong. You know, if I, you know, if you know, if you know, if you know. Jen. Robin. Go and do you. Go and date Cody. Be with Cody. Love on Cody. You and Cody have a polygamous, I mean, a monogamous monogamous relationship. And guess what? You asked for it. You asked for it. You asked for it, girl. You know what? Knowing you, you'll probably end up getting a couple sister wives out of your 36-year-old daughters who will never be able to move out of the house because they're too busy crying with you. You're going to have girls to sit on the porch with you until you're old and gray. You will. And their names are Aurora and whatever the other sister's name is. They ain't leaving. They're in Hoarder's Paradise with you. And we, in the preview, okay, then we also wrapped up the episode with like a couple really strange random questions. Who is your celebrity crush, Suki asks. Oh, what a crazy outlandish concept, a celebrity crush. <laughs> Well, we didn't get to ask Christine because Christine is in Wooly Land, right? David is her celebrity crush. Janelle likes a Gerard Butler and a Jason Momoa. And let me tell you, if I had any fantasies, it would be Jason Momoa taking Janelle, ripping off his shirt and saying, Janelle, and you know he could. He could pick up that body and he could toss her onto the bed and he could just make wild fun time with Janelle. Now, when Cody found out about Jason Momoa, he goes, now I understand the six pack and the abs. Mary's celebrity crush is Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, they both said. What? Guys, I used to like Matthew McConaughey until I went down a crazy pathway with him, I think at the end of last year, which is maybe at the beginning of this year. Do you know that Matthew McConaughey went through like some sort of self-help guru like selling tickets to this online seminar with fake audience laughter, i.e. Tony Robbins with like his short arms talking gibberish. Matthew McConaughey is so off my list because of that. And then when Cody was asked who his woman is, his celebrity crush, he says in the most random, in the most out, of nowhere question, like answer ever. He says, Sophia Loren, when I saw Man of La Mancha, I'm making that up. I don't even know if that's what it's called. When I was six years old, I just knew. So talented. Really? Sophia Loren is your celebrity crush? You're talking about someone that is no longer around? I don't know if Sophia Loren has passed or not. But if she hasn't, she's very, very, very old. Anyway, I think, I think, okay, you guys are funny about Matthew McConaughey. He's crazy, but also crazy hot for one night, one and done. Um. Okay, interesting, interesting. 
I have to say, I have to say that Cody's answer was a little bit suspect to me. Just saying, okay, Sophia Loren is alive in her 90s. Yeah, I find that weird. That would be like me saying Dick Van Dyke is my celebrity crush. I mean, I guess you could say like Frank Sinatra. We all know mine. I'm not going to bother you guys with it, but we all know mine. Okay, so, so then we see the trailer for the wedding special. Like I said, I wasn't very interested. And then we cut to a clip of Cody and Robin speaking in some sort of, they're in some athletic gear, some leisure wear, maybe on a hike. And all I see are these bright sunglasses on Cody's head with the visor, with his his hair half up. And when I tell you, I've never seen anything like it. He has tendrils right in the front here. Then he has this whole, like, almost like a headband of skin around his head. It's like, he, you know how they say male pattern baldness? Like, you can get a little bald spot on the top or, like, maybe a little bit, like, you know, receding. He has receding hairline, but, like, it skipped his bangs. So he's got the bangs and then a whole section right here. That is, um, you know, bald. It's unlike anything. I mean, like, seriously, there needs to be some sort of scientific experience, like, or a experiment. Like, Rogaine needs to call Cody. We need to figure out, like, what's going on there? I've never seen anything like it. Are they extensions? Does he have a weave? Has he been hanging out with Kim Zolciak and buying her weaves? Something. He has a male patterned headband. <laughs> Ah, uh, you guys. Now someone told me Sophia Loren died uh, many years ago. You guys, don't come to me for the facts. Just come to me for the fun. Daily Dose of Donna. Having fun one day at a time. You guys, thank you so much for spending the day with me. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties, YouTube. And I will see you guys tomorrow for another fun day. Daily Dose of Donna. Bye, y'all.